0: We can have a conversation and i'll get to know i want to get to know you too because i don't know everybody here um christ is risen indeed right the tombstone was rolled away and the burial clothes were left behind death was defeated christ is victorious all hail the power of jesus name and fall down before him to worship to worship him today Tomorrow and forever. Um, something, I'll just share my screen right now. Uh, something that has been on my mind uh, over this past week, especially uh, in consideration. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, very good. good. I can't see anybody. Sad. Uh, let's see. Yeah, something uh, that has been on my mind this week, especially, um, is the consideration that Jesus is God. Jesus is the God of creation, both our earth and the entire universe. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God who would later appear to Paul on his way to Damascus, the God who would sit enthroned in John's visions according to the book of Revelation, He is the great I am in the flesh, flesh who became human, experiencing both the richness and poverty of life, the abundance and scarcity of it, the joy and the sorrow, and ultimately the life and the death. That God, Jesus, took the name of a person becoming like the ones he created this is unfathomable to us we can't fully comprehend because our human experience and understanding teaches us of the representation of power or demonstration of love in a limited way and it only becomes a glimpse of the fullness of our god and i think that this point gets made in this way that while Jesus experienced the richness of the gifts of the Magi and the poverty of his childhood in Nazareth, while he saw the abundance of food when he fed the 5,000 and 4,000, he also saw the scarcity of faith amidst the people around him. There was joy brought through his healing and there was sorrow and doubt surrounding his entire ministry. There was his birth, as we observed it several months ago, and ultimately his death, which we remembered just a few days ago. And while all of these experiences are relevant to us, it is the power and love of God of this universe through the resurrection that becomes known to us And that helps us realize that Jesus indeed is far greater than all of us. Without the virgin birth and the resurrection, this is impossible, unperceivable, mysterious, this impossible, unperceivable and mysterious event. Without it, Christ would not be distinguished, first as a unique human person and second as the I am of the universe. So then who do we believe in today? According to the Nicene Creed, which was put together between 325 and 381 uh, by um, a council of Christian men um, in the early church. Of, about Jesus, they wrote, we believe in one Lord Jesus Christ. And I invite you to read this with me, if you, even if you're muted. The only son of God, Begotten from the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of the same essence as the Father. Through him, all things were made for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven. He became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made human. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. The third day he rose again according to the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom will never end. And like I said, this is taken from the Nicene Creed. May these words resonate within the walls of our existence and our being this morning and forever. Please bow your heads with me as we uh, open this morning. We come before you, resurrected Jesus, victorious King and humble servant, While we cannot understand the depth and breadth and the significance fully, we trust that you are showing glimpses of who you are and who you were in the person of Jesus. We come humbled and we come with the spirit of acknowledging that you are God and you are good. And may this be the meditation um, of this morning. I pray for all the gathered here. Bless them and bless them from bless their uh, the generations that come through them. We worship and adore you, our heavenly father. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise it all. So as Tommy read this morning from the passage in Exodus we are going to reflect on the meaning of the fourth commandment. So you guys remember last time we talked about the fifth commandment and I'm sort of using the commandments as a uh, guidepost for uh, the themes uh, that we're going through probably for the next oh, seven months now. Um, two questions that might come up concerning this Sabbath day are first, what's the Sabbath mean, the word, the connotation of it, and what does it look like for 21st century non-Jewish communities, so us? By looking at the practices of Jewish communities just briefly, and more focusing on the biblical portion of it, I hope we can come up with some practices of Sabbath in our lives, perhaps some that would parallel those of the Jewish tradition, but not necessarily, and perhaps some that would be calls to rhythms that we would like to adopt in our daily lives. Through the process of defining Sabbath, let's consider its significance occurring on the same night as Christ's crucifixion. So from Friday night to Saturday morning. What might the definition of the holiness of Sabbath reveal to us about the place of total rest, which is death and total life, which is the resurrection. So if you remember the story, when the Israelites were wandering through the wilderness, the Lord provided manna from heaven for five days. There was always a sufficient amount and no need for collection of extra manna for sustenance on the next day. So whatever you gathered that day in your basket, That should be enough for that night and no more. The next day, it would all go bad and you'd have to throw it away. So that was the first five days. On the sixth day, however, the Lord provided a double portion in preparation for the seventh day. On the seventh day, there was absolutely no manna from heaven. And you know what? The Israelites were smart and they picked up on this they realized that God was communicating his abundance and care, not only for the first six days, but also on the seventh day. With the delivery of the extra portion, they could take a break from gathering on the seventh day, cease all activity, and observe a Shabbat of the Lord. When the commandment to remember and observe the Sabbath was given, It reflected already the rhythm of God when he created the world. Because if you remember, as it is written in Genesis 2-3, then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Placing this verse next to how the fourth commandment begins, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, we notice the repetition of the word holy. What does holy mean? And how can a day be holy? To keep something holy, as I have provided for you here, means to actively consecrate, sanctify, prepare, and dedicate it. So what does it mean to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy? It means to observe and remember a specific day of our week, which we have set apart from our regular habits and rhythms, which sustain us. Meaning work, school, volunteering, um, internships, all of them. Setting aside time from these patterns and preparing ahead of time so that we can dedicate this designated space for a stillness in which God speaks, sustains, nurtures, molds, and transforms us. That's kind of placing a lot on God, isn't it? Should we be doing that? Should we be placing all of these expectations that God will indeed speak to us? Because more more often than not, God remains silent. Going back to this Jewish understanding of the Sabbath, the Shabbat is a sign of both God's dedication and appointment of Israel and of his six day creation. It's a reminder that God is good and faithful and full of steadfast love. And these three points become reiterated again and again from week to week. But another way perhaps to look at this expectation of the transformative nature of Shabbat is the practice of an expectant faith and a wonder of its fulfillment. It's a faith that honors the faithfulness of God who also rested on the seventh day. And it's a faith that trusts that the next day there will be enough. This was the observation of the Sabbath prior to and throughout all of Jesus's life on earth. But there was a sabbath day that for many did not seem to mean that there would be enough for the next day it was the sabbath on which jesus was crucified jesus the expected messiah king who was supposed to deliver all of israel from the oppression the ongoing oppression and all of a sudden this poor man from nazareth is hung on the cross next to sinners, pronounced guilty of the greatest sin of all, which is blasphemy, uh, pierced in in the side to uh, fasten his death and buried in a tomb belonging to a man, just a regular synagogue attender. So this Sabbath that occurred 2000 years ago didn't make sense for the people who listened to Jesus and all of his teachings on the Sabbath. Why why did Jesus teach so much on the Sabbath if he was going to be crucified in the early hours of the morning on that Saturday? So this, technically, this is what it looked like. The Sabbath observation began the previous day around 3 p.m. So it started on Friday. And that's why we observed Good Friday. On the day that the Jewish world was completely still and at rest on the Sabbath, Christ suffered to the point of death, experiencing a complete silence and stillness from movement. So a thought that just came up. I believe that that was already prophesied on the seventh day of creation, when God rested, he already foresaw the day that he as the son of God would also rest for the creation he created. So let's just keep reading the Genesis narratives over and over again, because I think they're full of richness that we can continue discovering. So going back to that sabbath day that jesus was crucified interestingly before the prophecy was fulfilled we're returning once again to that meaning of shabbat the placement and meaning of the word shabbat came from the root shin bet tav meaning to cease to end or to rest applying that to jesus christ ceased to exist that morning as he hung on the cross. In the most brutal and shameful way, his life came to an end. Buried in a tomb, his body lay in total rest, closed off from the rest of the world. For his disciples and all those who believed in what Christ promised, this Sabbath likely was not filled with a hopeful faith that the next day everything would be okay. And maybe not everyone, but there were some thinking of it. Remembering those constant battles that Jesus faced as he fought with the religious leaders and teachers concerning the Sabbath. The Gospels are full of it. If Jesus healed a person on the Sabbath, the town was in uproar. If Jesus raised someone from the dead, how dare he on the Sabbath? If he allowed his disciples to collect food on the Sabbath, he defiled the law. And once again, we return to the fact that this Sabbath was different. No one was there to blame Jesus of breaking the sacred law, the fourth commandment, because they had already pushed him to the point of death. So what is the significance of Christ's death on this day? Like I said earlier, God rested on the seventh day. And the hope of resurrection became the most sustaining, fulfilling, and abundant one. It was offered for all who will believe that this rest, this death on the seventh day would be rekindled once more on the resurrection of this particular Sunday. And this is what we have hope for, is that when we experience that total Sabbath, which is our death, We look towards the resurrection. For the Israelites, the Sabbath was directly tied to the liberation from enslavement in Egypt, if you guys also remember that story. It was an exercise and demonstration of their freedom, a freedom from the daily rhythms of labor and work, toil and struggle. For God, his works uh, had been finished from the beginning of creation. His promise of entering into his rest to the point of experiencing it, even the suffering, through even the suffering and crucifixion of Christ, is not isolated from the hope of resurrection of our bodies. So, as the title of the sermon, what is the place of Sabbath in the resurrection? Sabbath is directly linked to the resurrection. As 21st century Christians, We look towards Shabbat as a manifestation of that rest that we so desperately desire. But a lot of the time, it is convoluted by the current social expectation of our productivity, and you know that word. In my own reflections, I see that I evaluate my productivity levels of a specific day so much so that that becomes the first thing I do in the morning is I write out a list of things to do. I bullet point everything that uh, I might forget. And then I sort of distribute things uh, accordingly to see what how can I maximize my productivity. And this is a distraction because as Elder Jerry and Howard every Sunday morning invite us to open up the Bible, uh, the yearly Bible study. That becomes second nature. First thing is my list. So it's a distraction from the word that contorts my ability to notice the steadiness of God in my life. It is God who allows us to live, to breathe, to walk, to act, to work, to labor. To toil and struggle, and ultimately to rest. Mm-hmm. This productivity really is a distraction and ultimately a lie that tells me that if I rest, I will forfeit the security for the next day. Now, I'm not saying that we need to take rests every day and not work at all. You still need to provide for yourself eventually if you're not doing that now. Your parent, you're depending on your parents to provide for you. But the Sabbath isn't all seven days of creation. The Sabbath is only one day of creation. So let's look at what it means for Jewish communities. Starting around 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. on Saturday afternoons, this this period of a little more than I think 24 hours, so from Friday to Saturday, is interspersed with designated meal times with the entire family. There's an abundance of food. It also includes uh, specific times in which the family gathers together and reads the Bible and on the Saturday of the, um, the Shabbat, uh, people wake up around nine, um, they pray and spend the rest of the day uh, eating whatever food is left, making some porridges or soups and enjoying naps and walks around the neighborhood. So what might Sabbath look like for us? We're not Jewish. I don't know. Maybe you're already experiencing um, a moment of rest even now. Or maybe you are dreading waking up every morning because of how much you have to finish from the previous night. But know that according to Hebrews, as Tommy read this morning, you are already invited to enter into this rest. Amen. It's prepared for you. And I think that it'll take its own shape very uniquely for each of you in its due time. There is no rush to make it a certain way. But may its offer of freedom, hope, and faith lead you to a place of discovering the love of God in you and ultimately through you, because you understand that after the fourth commandment, we get six more telling us about how we are to treat one another. Know this, that you are the people of God, and God has already set aside time for you, according to what we've read today. God is present in this rest, having created it, at the beginning of time and sanctified it through the blood and sacrifice and victorious resurrection of Christ. It remains open for you. The question you're going to have to answer is how will you choose to spend it. And that's it for this morning. Praise the Lord. Hope that. Uh, the people who were up early can get uh, some good uh, naps in later this afternoon. And for everybody else who wasn't, take a nap. Uh, enjoy the outdoors. The mountains, are, the hills are very beautiful. So maybe go <laughs> outside. Um, spring is around us and new hope of resurrection and life everlasting. Um, Surrounds all of us this morning. So, yeah, let's close up in a word of prayer and then Rebecca will lead us into the last song. Amen. Lord Jesus, we come before you and we thank you that you experienced it all (laughs) hard toil, sleepless nights, but also abundant rest and seclusion and isolation from others um, to regain your strength. We thank you that we don't have to fear rest. We don't have to fear the future. Regardless of how hard it might seem at the moment, we know that you are good and that your promises remain. We pray that each of us gathered here might reflect on some practical uh, steps or characteristics of a day of rest that we would like to adopt or to continue to uphold throughout our week. Keep us from growing lazy and procrastinating, but do give us a sanctified Sabbath according to your commandment, so that having received our portion you might go and bless our communities and the nations. In your omnipotent, powerful, and resurrected name, we pray. Amen. Amen.